0: Hi, I'm Anna Marie Cox, and congratulations. You are being rescued.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel Dresner. Are we not still friends, Anna?
0: (laughs) Welcome to Space The Nation, where we look at science fiction through the lens of defensive realism and Fitz's law of entry-based systems. Today, we'll be talking about Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And in the next few weeks, we'll be talking about The Moon is a Harsh Mistress for our cannon fodder episode, Mm -hmm. and Gattaca. We have lots of other ideas. We have a big long list that if you are a patron you can contribute to. If you subscribe to our newsletter, you'll get a link to it every week. Our newsletter is the Debris Field and you can subscribe to it at tinyletter.com slash space the nation. Dan, what am I missing here? What am I missing in introduction? I do think you're missing the fact
1: that the other thing you could do is actually decide to become a patron. So if you go to Well, yeah. Patreon.com slash nation. You can become a patron, which, of course, gives you early access to episodes, gives you access to the Discord channel, our monthly AMAs. Really, it's just a whole cornucopia of things.
0: It is. And it is, and I always remind people who aren't members, the Discord is really fun. It's it a great is. community. So I think you should become a patron on uh, that basis alone. You can also give us suggestions via Twitter, where Dan and I are all too often present <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i am at Anna Marie cox he is
1: at dan dresner
0: and dan before we get started how are you
1: i'm good it's like spring here so like you know i, I like that it, it's you know getting warmer that's that's a nice thing i also saw that weird ass nicholas cage movie last night which was and uh, it, it i leave this way if you watch the Nicolas Cage movies in the 90s, if you've watched Con Air and Face Off yeah. and The Rock, you're going to enjoy this movie. If you haven't watched those films, you're going to enjoy it slightly less. But also you will <laughs> like it, Anna, because Pedro Pascal is also in it and he yes. is freaking adorable. It's just, he is. Yeah,
0: he's just ridiculously. He's cute. from San Antonio, which I didn't know that. Until I recently. did not know that. Oh, it's great. Yeah, because yeah. he, he, he stirred up quite a controversy by saying that uh, San Antonio has better breakfast tacos than Austin.
1: That's a... F- Fighting words. Yeah, Finn I was going to say, wow, that's, words. Th- I did not realize that could be a triggering for uh, you know, a conflict. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. How are you,
0: Anna? You know, I'm doing okay. I shared in the newsletter that, you know, my dog is very reactive. Mm-hmm. Exley, named yes. after Fred Exley, who was kind of a troubled soul himself. Mm-hmm. And Exley bit someone. Oh, no. And I'm so sorry. And so we have... My trainer has suggested we just roll back all new things in his life. Mm-hmm. Like we don't, we we. It's not like we're isolating him, but just no new people, no new places right. for a while. And that's how I like to live. So <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. I'm like, all right, no new people, no new places. Let's yeah. let's 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 do that. Yes. <laughs> and you know what, Dan? We're talking about Rogue One. Right. You suggested it. Yes. Why are we talking about Rogue One?
1: I sensed a presence, Anna, that we had not engaged with ever on this podcast. And we're probably going to engage with it again because the thing about the Star Wars universe is that there is clearly stuff that would apply for cannon fodder and also stuff that would definitely apply for schlock and awe. <laughs> um, but I was curious to watch this film in particular, as my memory of it was that, like, I was actually amazed watching it that, like, my God, you created an entire movie to answer what was the biggest plot hole in the original star wars and like address the plot hole reasonably well like I, I you know that was that was fine
0: i couldn't stop thinking about it yeah and i had to i tried to come up with other movies you could make mhm based on a plot hole <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so like what do you got on so- it my oh,
0: favorite one, I have a couple, but my favorite one is a movie that explains why the alien ship in Independence Day can right. be operated by a MacBook. <laughs> and it would be like there's a distant common ancestor, maybe, mm-hmm. or Steve Jobs is an alien. That's Those are like... <laughs> I, wait, I just realized
1: there there is a movie like this that exists, which is Prometheus and Alien Covenant. I you know what? Th- I
0: think those get a pass because they're not answering plot holes.
1: That's true. Okay, it's more. An o- those are prequels. origin stories. Those are origin story films. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, that's fair. So
0: I, that's my only. That's I do like the idea of, of Steve Jobs being an alien. That is good. It's a prequel that explains like why the Mac OS spans galaxies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But speaking of OSs, we're mm-hmm. gonna have to talk more about those later. <laughs> Oh yes, yes. this a, is a fun the fun part moody. of this podcast. Will be operating systems and data storage discussion.
1: It's, yes, it's important. this is it's all about podcast. how many bars. How many bars do you get if you're in the empire? Like that's a crucial thing.
0: That is actually that's a good way to describe like the central conflict yes. in this movie. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that would have been such a funny like tie-in. I, I, I <laughs> like I, I, the Verizon guy walking around.
1: I'm not lying, Anna. I think if this movie had been made in 2026, that commercial would have would exist. Yeah, is all I'm saying. Like that's how much like the sort of cross promotional. Because I don't I don't know about you. I remember being surprised because Marvel's done this now. Like there were like when the TV shows and with Sp- oh yeah like they have
0: actual characters they have actual in characters ads. in ads
1: which I was actually a little surprised that they like went that far because like they don't need the money but like whatever like capitalism apparently- Dan yeah I know I know, I know. <laughs>
0: it's rapacious <laughs> okay we have actually I think a challenging uh, Chekhov's what's it section this week yeah there was not because there's not a lot of consistency in the movie that's actually another problem. <laughs> I mean, I put
1: down Jin's necklace, which is, I think, a Kyber crystal. But like, even that's yeah. not really like the necklace itself doesn't play a vital role later in the film. It's just that you do see recurring, like, you know, looks at it. But I, 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 <laughs> I can you have anything like, you know?
0: I was sort of like Chekhov's. What's it? Is Chekhov's Cassian's conscience? <laughs> I mean, that's a long kind of tangle of words. But that's the only thing I could come up with. It's like his conscience starts to bother him. You know? Yeah. But, you know, that's just sort of a testament to, like, you could say simplicity of the plot, or you could say straightforwardness.
1: Or it's also that, like, the things that would otherwise be... Checkouts. What's it in this film? Are hey, do you see this from the Star Wars universe?
0: That's yeah. It's all fan service. It's, it's all Chekhov's it, yeah. The what checkouts. What's it, it is fan
1: service? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. yeah. I, and we 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 should talk about that when we get later. But like your favorite fan service versus what my favorite fan service was. Let's do that. But Anna, let's get to the story behind the story. Um, could you tell us about this underdog little art film? <laughs>
0: Yes, this underdog film was the second highest grossing film of 2016, (laughs) even though I believe it was released in December. It was, yes. It earned over a billion dollars worldwide. And I have a note to myself that this movie is a celebration of capitalism. (laughs) Not that most tentpole movies are, I guess. But this one is the one that I did keep thinking about, like this is based on action figures to a certain extent, (laughs) right?
1: Perhaps, although, I, I mean, we'll get to this at the very end. There is one way in which this movie is not exactly a cell it is a celebration of capitalism but spoiler alert for those of you who haven't watched it by killing off everyone yeah i think that's part of the reason oh, the movie oh, wait, works. Though.
0: Yeah. yeah prequels
1: oh right there we go because oh, ip
0: is a flat circle okay fair and I'll, I'll, spoiler alert there is a prequel in the works
1: oh are you serious a oh, tv no.
0: show based on cassian called one of the planets one of the nine planets we visit in this movie
1: oh okay
0: I can't remember which one. Yeah. but uh, yeah, there's a prequel. In the <sighs> but I, I
1: mean, that because I honestly, I mean this sincerely. Like, this is a better film than I think it had any right to be. Even though there's a lot of stuff we're going to make fun of. But and I think one of the reasons is that in the end, they kill everyone off, and like, it, it therefore answers the question. Of why is no of It is sort of
0: satisfying that way. Yes, right, it is. like yeah. weirdly satisfying. Yeah. I should tell you, yes. this movie went through a lot of edits and reshoots oh, okay. to get to this point.
1: All right, let's hear it.
0: First of all, the original script, they didn't die mm-hmm. because the writer thought that Disney wouldn't allow it <laughs> to have a ha- sad ending.
1: <laughs> so the writer expected capitalism, the capitalist the imperative to dominate. It. Yes.
0: And then they actually had a finished movie and did a trailer in April 2016. Mm-hmm and then they reshot a bunch and there's a rumor that over 40% of it is reshot good lord and there if you look at that original trailer there's scenes in the original trailer that are not in the movie no i remember like isn't <laughs> it
1: like one of the lines i actually liked was that you know doesn't like jin say at one point this is a rebellion isn't it i rebel i remember that or something yes yeah
0: yes and yeah. in fact that's a really interesting observation and important one because People have tried to reconstruct what the changes were. There hasn't been a lot of discussion mm-hmm. from Disney about it. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the big shift was to make Jin less of a rebel. Ah, oh, okay. That she's just an ind- independent. She's more like Han Solo. Right. She's just like rebellious in general mm-hmm. and she's like anti authority. Mm-hmm. And I think they chose to soften this for a reason, <laughs> which is that. To the, I mean, I don't know, well, they definitely softened it. And by doing that, they softened kind of what should be a central tension. Mm -hmm. And you've, you actually mentioned this a little, which is like, how extreme should rebellions be? Yes. The movie kind of gets to the edge of that question.
1: Yes, it's, it's there, but it's background. It's never yeah. really wrestled with, but it's interesting yeah. I, I will say like to the extent that it's there, it's actually and they and that's now
0: intentional we they took it out, yeah, and I think yeah. that might be Disney
1: that's <laughs> yes, fair enough, okay, <laughs> that should be the motto, Disney, we have no problem killing off characters, but discussions of rebel politics, no, 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 that's that
0: <laughs> no. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, and you can see in the movie where it would have happened, right? right? Yeah, like Because Cassian sort of represents that. I mean, yeah. no, sort of. He is does represent that, but yeah. he's background. Right. You know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think that's, I think that's kind of interesting. <laughs> I will have more on this in the newsletter. Excellent. I wanted to keep it kind of short because there's so much I could say mm-hmm. about all of this, but we need to get to the plot.
1: We do. All right. Let's get to Act One. This is a bad idea. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's not the right opening. This is what happens when there's no opening crawl. (laughs) 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 I couldn't resist that. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Oh, wait, can I, I'll interrupt real quick. Yeah. Totally intentional. Yes. The decision was made by Disney, I think, Mm -hmm. that all of the quote unquote anthology films, Mm -hmm. like Han Solo, Star Wars Story, none of them have crawls.
1: Right. Totally fair. That's, it's not the main saga. But, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Galactic Empire is consolidating its control. Military Director Krennic seeks out former Imperial scientist Galen Urso to jumpstart work on the Death Star, a space station as large as a small moon with the power to destroy a planet. <laughs> I'm sure this is all very new to all of our listeners. Galen agrees to return, but only after Krennic kills his wife, Lyra. Before that, Galen sent his daughter, Jin to stay with rebel leader Saw Guerrera. Flash forward 15 years. Rebel intelligence officer Cassian Andor learns of an Imperial shuttle pilot who is defected and has news about the Empire making a planet killer. The Rebels free a now-adult Jin Erso and ask her to go with Cassian and the reprogrammed Imperial droid K-2SO to Jeddah to make contact with the now-estranged Rebel leader, Saw Gerrera, who is busy interrogating that pilot in a very There's creepy are, way. This is
0: this is very strange part of yeah. the plot. Yeah. The mechanics here...
1: Yeah. Anyway, the hope is that they will exfiltrate Galen or so. Just before they depart, however, Rebel General Draven tells Cassian to totally ignore those orders and kill Galen instead. Once at Jeddah, Cassian and Jin learn the Empire is removing kyber crystals from the Holy City to power a new weapon. Those crystals power the Jedi lightsaber, so that can't be a good thing. They are befriended by former Temple guard Chirrut Inwe and his compatriot Baze Malbus. After a skirmish with some stormtroopers, Saw's men capture our heroes and take them back to his redoubt. Anna, does Cassian killing his informant early on qualify this film as an attempt at a gritty reboot of the Star Wars franchise?
0: It's interesting that you would put it that way. I I mean, I'm glad we talked up top about this idea uh, uh, that to the extent that the film has a philosophical quandary in it, Mm -hmm. it's how far should you go in the service of... A good idea yes absolutely right? right how far should you go in the service of equality of, of, of rebellion of insurgency of the fight against you know? autocracy yes right it is a question that the other star wars films do not deal with
1: <laughs> no i i would hold on i am going to point out the last jedi is actually an exception here but like they don't deal well, with it well so like I'm they don't deal with it well yeah.
0: and also it is per- personalized in, yeah. in the character of luke right yeah and it's also about his anger. It's not about in service of the rebellion.
1: Oh, no, no I wasn't talking about Luke. I, I was talking about uh, episode eight, The Last Jedi, when it turns out, like, it's not a great plot, but it turns out, oh, arms merchants fund both the Empire and the, the Republic, that stuff. But, like, it's such a pat, easy thing that, like, it's not really addressed. Sorry.
0: Right. But And again, like, they bring this up with Luke. Yeah, it, they do. But it's It's, personalized, as you say. But it's personalized. It's like the personal choice. Am I going to make this about anger? Am I going to make this about an ideal?
1: Right. It's not Luke deciding, I am fighting for the forces of good, therefore I have to kill this guy.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. And this is such an interesting question. Yeah. (laughs) It is somewhat disappointing Mm -hmm. that it doesn't really get dealt with, you know.
1: Yeah. There was was promise. And, like, the promise is interesting. You know, I wasn't expecting Cassian to kill that dude. And, like, you... There is something of an arc that he has, but like it's not really it's it's half I mean, to
0: a, to a degree the movie kind of comes down on shore. Go ahead, yeah, <laughs> commit <laughs> atrocities in the name of good, <laughs> but you know it's disney yeah. i I think they couldn't get into it too far.
1: there we go, all right, let's move to act two. Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> Papa, can you hear me Rebellic. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will explain Space why the
0: nation but. now with a hundred percent more singing
1: there we go <laughs> so Cassian and Chirrut and bays are put in a cell next to hey what do you know the defecting imperial shuttle pilot Bodhi Bodhi's not entirely with it however as saw's interrogation techniques have left his brain a bit scrambled
0: never brought up again
1: nope nope it, I, I will say <laughs> he scrambled in that scene by the time, like by the time we get to Act Three, he's totally fine. So just totally fine. Yeah, interesting. Bodhi does, however, remember that Galen is on the planet Edu. Jin and Saw catch up, and Saw shows Jin the holographic message Galen gave Bodhi. Galen says he intentionally created a structural flaw in the Death Star that makes it beatable, and tells Jin to go to Scarif, which is where the Imperial Archive is located, and just grab those technical plans. Meanwhile, on the nearly complete-
0: couldn't just give the technical plans. I'm a,
1: I'm gonna get to that, Anna. Okay, yes. I, okay. I know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, on the nearly completed Death Star, Grand Moff Tarkin, aware of the defector, tells Krennic to test out the weapon on Jeddah's Holy City. It's a successful test. Cassian, Jin, and the others barely escape the shockwave from the blast while Saw stays behind to die. Tarkin congratulates Krennic, but uses Bodhi's defection and the leak coming from Edu as a pretext to take command of the Death Star. Cassian, K2, Jin, and all head to Edu. Cassian says he's going to recon the base, but intends to, in fact, carry out his orders and kill Galen. At the last second, however, he decides not to pull the trigger. Jin makes her own way independently to the base landing pad just as Krennic arrives and kills all the engineers, just for the hell of it, frankly. At
0: that exact moment... Ha- I mean, that is a way to stop a leak. It is. I, in sort theory, of.
1: Yeah. It's, it's not the because best way. Because he doesn't way.
0: actually kill the person who did the leak.
1: Right. I was going to say, even though he has admitted that he was the source of the leak. So, yeah. yeah. Not Krennic's best decision making. At that exact moment, however, rebel fighters, ordered by Draven to attack because they fear that Cassian's ship was destroyed, strike the facility. Galen is <laughs> mortal...
0: Uh, sorry. I have to jump in again. Yeah, The communications protocols in this movie... <laughs> yeah
1: there's a lot of like
0: there's a scene where he's like where I think it is Bodhi that says stop the attack and the guy's like too late they're already there right I'm like wait you just communicated instantaneously from the planet's surface to
1: Yavin four but like Yavin four can't order the pilots yes it's it's yeah they, they put it this way. This movie is entertaining, but it is clear they reverse-engineered all of the technical stuff for (laughs) why someone could do something and why someone couldn't do something. And we're going to get to a lot of this once we get to Scarif, but yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just not good. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, rebel fighters, ordered by Draven to attack because they fear Cassian ship was destroyed, strike the facility. Galen is mortally wounded and dies in Jin's arms as Jin keeps saying the word Papa over and over again, which is hence the title for this, before she escapes with her group on board a stolen Imperial cargo shuttle. So, Anna, I have two questions. First, in both The Force Awakens and in this film, there are Imperial defectors, and they play an important part in the plot. And this is a really super exciting concept, and yet what I find legitimately puzzling is that neither film delves into this idea, and I think the defector characters are treated badly as a result. Second, as you said, Galen sends a holographic message to Jin. What I want to know is why Galen didn't send along with that message, I don't know, the fucking plans in the first place.
0: In the universe of the movie. Yes. We we could posit they just have a bunch of like uncompressed gifts.
1: <laughs> so like you're <laughs> so, saying it's just too large a data file to put just on Just too a large
0: a data file. So they have to go to scarab.
1: I'm sorry. Right? That's bullshit. It's just total <laughs> bullshit. You know it. Yeah. I know it. But yes,
0: of course. Yes, yes. I mean, they've got to have invented data compression at this point, right? Yeah. Like they
1: they can fly at light speed. You would think that like they would be able to actually compress. And he's data. the
0: guy who like designed it. So right. He doesn't even have to give the entire set of plans. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because like in A New Hope, when they show the setup, mm-hmm. they just show the setup. They don't show like the entire schematic. Of the Death Star. Like, all of the details and, like, little bits and pieces. Right. Honestly, just-
1: if anything, you don't want to show them... Like, this, this was the thing that I, I kept thinking, too. You don't want to give the Rebels the entire technical readout of the battle station. You just want to show them the important stuff. Like right, Like, if, if you yeah. give them all the technical readouts, that's like, I don't know, giving someone... Like, don't, don't make the Rebel engineers work for it. Just say, hey, right here, that's where you fire the and thing also, and it'll work.
0: also... To judge by A New Hope, the illustration there, you could draw it on a cocktail napkin. <laughs> <But> like.
1: <laughs> this is where I, I have some sympathy for the film here because this is the, I mean, this is the problem in both the Star Trek universe and the Star Wars universe where they're trying to connect things where have technology has advanced considerably and connected as a prequel to something that was made back in the 70s when no one clearly imagined that the right. technical stuff would be better. So like, i that that's. Like that's something I'm willing to forgive the film for, but not giving the plans in the first you're place. you're right.
0: That's a tactical thing yeah. that they don't really explain they away. don't yeah, because also Bodhi mm-hmm. they could have the plans air gapped and Bodhi physically <laughs> transmits the plans. exactly. yes, right. So the data file could be enormous. yeah, they're not having to like trans you know do a data transfer over the air.
1: I keep wondering, like, does the does the Galactic Empire have a cloud? I mean, like, you know.
0: Well, you know, cloud storage, I think, is pretty dangerous. Yeah, I fair. mean, we okay. the, and there is so much detail available <laughs> on the internet about this. That's, if the prequels is
1: all about the taxation <laughs> of trade routes, this film is all about data storage and availability. This is like, you know, and encryption. Like, that's what and it is. And, you
0: know, given yeah. the fan base of the Star Wars yeah. movies, people have thought about this a lot.
1: <laughs> they have. They
0: have. I got down <laughs> such a deep rabbit hole last night. I actually eventually wound up reading an academic paper about UI.
1: Oh, my God. Seriously?
0: Which is where I got the Fetz law of, oh, okay. uh entry-based um, computing. Mm-hmm. By the way, that law has to do with how much movement is required to complete an action. Oh, okay. Very good. It's the idea that being able to use your keyboard... And not, ju- and not have to use the mouse to press enter. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the more efficient way to do it. And there's an actual, like, schematic, like, you know, uh, equation okay. for time and whatnot. Fair but, enough. But, yeah, that's the rabbit hole I went <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listeners, this is because... true. Because Ana kept texting me the, all of these articles. Yes.
0: <laughs> I didn't text you the academic ones. The that's academic it, yeah. one I wound up getting to was sort of spun out of the fact that, we'll get to it, I know, but at at Scarif, like, of all the various bad data platforms. <laughs> and there's like multiple. Oh, right? so many. Yes. The fact that they have to use these these mechanical arms yeah. to get the VHS cassette yeah. out, fit Mr. Fit would be very upset.
1: <laughs> We'd all be very upset on a, yes, that's, yeah. That's right. Okay, right. I want
0: to get to talking more about the data storage. Okay, so, so we, we, need we, get, we need to move on. on. Yes, all right. yeah.
1: So, Act Three. You know what this film needs? A council meeting. Krennic goes to Mustafar to meet with Darth Vader and explain the Death Star's attack on Jeddah, which has created some super awkward issues within the Imperial Senate because the Imperial Senate was told that it doesn't exist. The ambitious Krennic requests an audience with the Emperor, but Vader instead orders him to make sure that Galen Erso hasn't compromised the Death Star. Krennic heads for Scarif. Speaking of which, our favorite Rebels meet with the Rebel Alliance Council, I guess, to urge action. There's bickering! Some urge an attack on Scarif to get the Death Star plans, others don't believe the Death Star exists, and others argue that surrendering would be cool. Despite Jin's entreaties, the Alliance chooses to do nothing in the face of such discord.
0: I have a feeling there might be some IR in that.
1: Yeah, there's a little bit. Cassian, Jin, and the rebel Scooby gang decide to take matters into their own hands. They commandeer the stolen Imperial shuttle because, sure, that's a super easy thing to do. You just grab, walk right onto the shuttle. No security protocols whatsoever.
0: These thoughts also crossed my mind.
1: They rename it Rogue One and head to Scarif to get the plans. They manage to bluff their way through the shield gate that protects Scarif and lands on the planet. Uh, Jin, Cassian, and K2 look for the plans while the rest of the team fan out to wreak havoc and cause a distraction. Krennic, who has also just arrived to tie up loose ends, sees an explosion and orders the garrison to mobilize. Anna, we obviously know how the film actually ends. But in the counterfactual world where the Rebel fleet does not arrive in support, what exactly was Cassian and Jin's exit strategy? This seems like a super bad plan, is all I'm saying. It is
0: a bad plan. Yeah. I mean, I think as extremists, yeah. though... Like, this is pretty in keeping with their life philosophy. I guess. Right? Yeah. I mean, just go and fuck shit up (laughs) is is something that insurgents do.
1: Right. But in this case, the goal is not to fuck shit up. The goal is to actually get the plans. No, what I'm saying, though, yes. But
0: if they didn't get the plans and they just fuck, shit up. They just fuck shit up. Okay, yeah. yeah. That would be... Something that would be a a success, right? Yeah. And also, they don't know how hard it's going to be, I think. My suspicion is they think this is a simple heist.
1: I see. They think it's an Ocean's Eleven movie, not an actual Yeah, they think it's an Ocean's Eleven movie, not
0: like a Star Wars movie with data storage issues. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Of all the problems in this movie, like, that is not the one that cracks my top ten.
1: That's fair. It's just that I watch. This was one of those things we're watching again, and I was like, "What happens if no one else shows up?" Because like you're not going to be able to pull this off. That was all I kept thinking. Watching it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's finally get to Act Four: the big battle over data storage. The Alliance intercepts Imperial reports about the raid on Scarif. Admiral Rattus and the rest of the Rebel fleet head to Scare for support because, sure, the decision not to do that was, like, so 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Jin and Cassian make their way to the Central Archive. K2SO covers for them and sacrifices himself so Jin and Cassian can retrieve the data. Honestly, this was actually the most touching death in the entire yeah. movie.
0: Um, well, it's Alan Tudyk.
1: Alan Tudyk, yes. Alan Tudyk. Tudyk? From yeah, uh, Firefly.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he always has the noble deaths. That's, like, That's his... Sh- that is his shtick now. Niche. That, it's, it's him and Sean Bean,
1: <laughs> basically, yes. Yeah. <laughs> They should be in a movie together with they both die. The Rebel fleet arrives and Imperial forces close the gate after only a few TIE fighters head down to provide air support. Jin and Cassian find the plans but are ambushed by Krennic who shoots Cassian. The Rebel fleet arrives and Imperial forces close the gate after only a few X-Wing fighters head down to provide air support. Jin and Cassian find the plans but are ambushed by Krennic who shoots Cassian. The rest of the team dies from stormtrooper fire, but not before Chirrut is able to flip a very important master switch (laughs) that allows Bodhi to contact the rebel fleet. Bodhi tells them they need to take down the shield gate because otherwise (laughs) Scarif's Wi-Fi is like barely one bar and there's no way to transmit the plans in under five hours.
0: You know what I would have loved? What? It's like a little spinning wheel of death thing. Like in the, imp- like somewhere in the Rebel Alliance, I, like they're just waiting for it to download. Yes. Like they're just like watching like the progress bar.
1: Honestly, what I wanted at one point was for Bodhi to look at the rate, like the, whatever he was trying to transmit and like see how many bars did he have. Yeah. That, some, right, lo- right. Something along those lines as well. And then, yes. and
0: then the, the Rebels, on the other hand, are like, fuck, 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 fuck. Because uh, <laughs> who has not like needed to download something? And it takes a while, like, usually this is the case when, like, you're downloading something and someone is with you and, like, you're needing to show them something. Right, you want to show them a video and,
1: of course, it takes friggin' forever for it to actually. Right, but, like, the
0: tension, you can (laughs) ring. (laughs) Waiting to load, waiting to load, waiting to load. Also,
1: like, you know, there's a a Vice article that I think you have to put in the the newsletter on this that points it out. The most absurd element about this is that the actual archive data is tape.
0: It, oh, I a It looks say a like lot a real to Yes, okay, it we lo- will. I'm let's get to the rest. Okay, we'll get to so the rest of this. Let's just finish okay. This yes. up.
1: So, Jin transmits the plans via the base's antenna, completing it moments before the Death Star enters orbit above Scarif, but just after Cassian shoots Krennic while he's monologuing. Admiral <laughs> Rattus uses
0: a corvette. He has a cape too. It's, I'm surprised like he doesn't get the cape caught in. His head.
1: Yeah, that's good, oh, oh, that would have been great. Oh, he should have gotten the, yeah. the cape caught in that goddamn like archive thing that we see.
0: Yeah.
1: Admiral Rattus okay. uses a corvette. To obliterate two Star Destroyers, which in turn crash into the shield generator, deactivating the shield, and finally allowing the plans to be downloaded in the Rebel, you know, ship. Tarkin uses the Death Star to destroy the entire Scarif base, killing Cassian, Jinn, Krennic, and everyone else on Scarif. As the Rebel fleet jumps into hyperspace, Vader's Star Destroyer arrives, blocking the escape of Radus' ship. Vader boards the Rebel command ship and force kills a whole bunch of Rebel troops in a legitimately badass attempt to regain the schematics. A starship manages to escape with the plans on board, however. And now, Anna, you know the rest of the story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I had to end with that, because like, that is how this whole thing feels. All right, Anna, I, I did like, there's a lot of fan service and a lot of callbacks in Long this film. List. You know, there's Vader, there's Jimmy Smiths who plays Bail Organa, I believe.
0: There's some canteen characters that show up. Yeah, there's them. a I few mean, of like, those, yeah. There's a lot of fan service, yes. just a ton. I mean, that movie could, this movie could be called Rogue One, a fan service. Rogue story. One, a
1: fan service, right. <laughs> so some of it I legitimately liked. I, like. I thought they had just enough Vader in this film, they didn't need any more of yep. it. It was nice seeing Jimmy Smith. He doesn't have a ton to do, but it was a nice connection to the prequel. just
0: nice to see Jimmy Smith. Yes, exactly.
1: He's He's a good actor. What I legitimately loved was that you see red and gold leaders from the original Star Wars, and you also see Luke's predecessor as Red 5. That was awesome.
0: When I did my deep rabbit hole, by the way... The stuff that I read, nobody's sure if that's CGI or not for Red and Gold Leader. Oh,
1: I think the answer to,
0: th- or if it's original footage.
1: My understanding is that it actually was original footage. Okay. I, re- I remember reading yeah. this when the film came out that they apparently right. like had original footage that they obviously hadn't Can't used in the, the film.
0: Wikipedia might have been wrong. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's my understanding okay. at least. Because also, it's the same voice, or maybe they use CGI, but the voices are definitely those actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who played yeah. them? So that's true. All that said. There was also the CGI characters of Tarkin and, very briefly, Princess Leia. And how do I put this on a... Did those work or were those super creepy?
0: We have an uncanny valley problem, yeah. I think. And also it's interesting because I think if they had made that today, the CGI would be so much better, just in the past six years.
1: Yeah, it's possible. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, the, the progress we've made on deep fakes mm-hmm. you know, has been incredible. And I think... It's also unnecessary. That's what really bothered mm-hmm. me. You just don't need don't need him.
1: No, like like you know? this way. You never needed to see Tarkin's face. You could have had Tarkin. You
0: could have had him on the rate. You could have had him uh, voice. Yeah,
1: and I think that would have worked. I, I, you needed Tarkin yeah. there because of what the Death starts going. The Leia one, I remember watching at the very end and saying, "Oh, for God's sakes, you didn't need that." Um,
0: it, what I would have appreciated more is like something that they apparently did right, which is cutting in footage. Yeah,
1: that would have been better.
0: Yeah, I agree like that actually could have been kind of cool because yeah. they'd probably clean it up digitally and stuff right. so it'd have a look that fit in with this movie but right. it would you would see you know, Carrie Fisher and yeah. kind of Soul yeah. it's been a whole episode I think since I said Adorno and Baudrillard so <laughs> I, I have to mention them now please do yeah <laughs> I'll just use this as a sort of preview of of whether or not there's a critique of capitalism in this movie. The familiarity of these characters is something Adorno would have predicted, right? Mm -hmm. And also the fact that they go through this trouble to recreate them rather than rely on the imagination of the viewer. Mm. Because you can't let the viewer imagine. Because that's, like, that's a kind of freedom. That's a kind of, like, creative control that capitalism doesn't like. You have to, like, spoon-feed these narratives and spoon-feed these characters. And then, of course, Baudrillard, copy of a copy of a copy. What is real anymore? There we go. That, you know, and so on and so on, Matrix. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. In that sense, it's the Matrix rebooted or whatever the most recent one was that there's a feeling there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, Dan. Yes, Anna? I have a question.
1: Please ask away.
0: Is there IR in this film,
1: Anna? What do I know? My specialty is just strategic analysis.
0: <laughs>
1: um, I'm sorry when K two said that I was like, oh yeah, Anna knows what's coming during the podcast.
0: So ac- I thought about you a lot during this. Movie, oh, actually. thank you, Anna. I mean, I was like, oh, there's some, there's some, yep. there's some. Yep. There's, I'm going to ask Dan about that. I'll ask about that and you know k2 okay
1: yeah Go ahead. and actually there is a fair amount of ir in this film i think I, there, is. there is a fair amount and like and we've said this before i said this in the last podcast like my my theory up until the end of the prequels had always been that the more politics there was in a star wars film the worse the film was the more interesting right. the politics the worse the film cuz like the original trilogy it's a very simple set of politics the prequels actually somewhat arcane politics but like bad movies This, I think, like, sort of nicely splits the difference in some ways, because there really is interesting politics. The first and most important is that, hey, turns out rebel alliances are fractious. (laughs) Okay? And, like, they actually took the term rebel alliance seriously. There is legitimate bickering going on here between different groups of, of fighters. You believe that this is a very disorganized, you know, rebellion. And it does help to explain, among other things, why the Empire has managed to persist for so long. And, like... There are people who are legitimately pissed at Draven at one point because he did send fighters to attack Edu. And you know what? I'd have been pissed too. Because like he didn't consult anyone. There's no like obvious chain of command there. It's a problem. There is compartmentalization of information. You know, there is the fact yeah. that like Cassian knows what his orders are, but he never tells Jinn. And like, you know, there's bickering there as well. And so it's hard to actually fashion an alliance, even with something as bad as the Empire. Um, and in some ways, this ties into what we talked about last week. Alliances are hard, and it's really hard to form them. So you can see why, weirdly, this is a defense of the last trilogy, which it explains why, <laughs> you know, the New Republic might not necessarily last all that long. So yeah, fair enough. The second thing uh, in terms of, of international relations is that even authoritarian states have politics. So there's a tendency... and. God knows this is certainly true in, in sort of modern discourse. There's a tendency to think that if a state is an autocracy or, you know, an authoritarian state, there's no politics within that. You know, they're like it's just a leader. Is there
0: is that something that people think? <laughs> it's not something that you think, Anna. Okay. All right.
1: But I would say that, like, it's in the discourse a lot.
0: Well, I think that the Trump administration did many things. Yeah. But one thing it did is disabuse people of the notion that authoritarian regimes were organized.
1: Right exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair okay but, but yes previous to this mm-hmm. you, previous to the Trump administration I you're correct I think a lot of people think that that's one of the reasons that authoritarian regimes have some appeal to people right yeah it's the notion like, like it,
1: it goes back to this whole thing well you know it's literally like at
0: least the trains the train run, run on time, time for Mussolini yeah, exactly
1: yeah. yes but clearly, authoritarian states have politics, and that's one of the interesting things about this film. You see, you know, Krennick and Tarkin constantly jockeying for position. Even Vader is worried about the prospect that the Senate will learn about the Death Star. So, you know.
0: I was just having fun thinking about the Empire as the Trump administration. There
1: we go. <laughs> Fair enough. A third thing that this movie points out is that war, and this goes to what you were saying, is that war tempts all actors to abandon principles or abandon principles with respect to the means if they believe the ends are just. And I thought the best example of this was Jin's sort of line about, you know, to Cassian, like that's how, that's stormtrooper thinking, or essentially, you might as well be a stormtrooper. So it's the one time the film, I think, actually does attempt to wrestle with this idea. As I said, it then walks away. You're right about that. But. (laughs) But I I guess relative to what we've seen before, there is actually at least some light skirmishing about this idea. And so it's interesting. Yeah,
0: and I liked the moment where Cassian explains why he's doing this. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, that all of those bad actions need to be worth something. Yeah. There need to have been a purpose for them, so I'm going to go on this suicide mission with you. Right, and
1: that—no, I agree. That was actually a great scene where, like, Cassian and all of his his compatriots come and say, yeah, we know that the odds are not great, but, like— Unless we do this, then everything we've done before isn't worth it. And I also like, the other thing I did like was that when Jin gets on him about you killed people, I can't believe you've done all this stuff. Cassian actually responds, and I thought this was a good response. Like,
0: Oh, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, ahead.
1: Cassian responds with, you don't know what I've had to do. Like, don't tell me like I, you know, you've had the luxury of being able to afford not to make choices. I never had that luxury. And I thought, okay, that's actually a good response.
0: I really liked that scene, yeah. and also I think Jen was wrong. Yes, like she yeah. is cl- so clearly in the wrong yeah. to like be questioning him on this. Yes, yeah. you know. In fact, this, it almost doesn't work as a scene. I mean, um, I'm blanking on the actor's name—the guy that plays Cassie. And you know, all this a job, Diego Luna. Diego Luna, yeah. and he also manages to buck um, the evil of the pencil mustache. You know? <laughs> like.
1: It's sure It's the Diego Luna exception. Yes. It,
0: yeah. Yes. <laughs> like somehow a pencil mustache isn't evil. This is a movie that proves that you can do that. Yeah. And his m- sort of quasi monologue there, I think is very powerful, mm-hmm. but it also feels weird. Cause Jen, it's, it's a, doesn't seem genuine for Jin to be making these arguments.
1: Well, it, leave it this way. I would believe that Jin would have been upset because remember, she's just learned that Cassian was supposed to right. kill her father. So, and it had lied to her right. throughout the entire mission. So, that's. That, I, leave it this way. It's not surprising to me that Jin would be angry and that Jin would, because she was angry, make a bad argument.
0: Okay. All right. That's I, it. I guess what, what I think is interesting is I think that must have been an added scene. Because yeah. Because if possible. she had been a true anti imperialist. She wouldn't have made that argument. She would have been upset that her father. But you're right. But she only can have that scene if she's not explicitly radical. Well, she's
1: not explicitly right. I mean, whatever right? because. No, th- like, yeah, yeah. like, but
0: what we were talking about the the, yeah. the cut scenes and the reshot footage. Yeah. That scene, I think, is one of the reshot scenes. Yeah, I agree. Because
1: yeah, it has to be. And like, the, there was it. another scene that clearly with with Jin and Saw where they, they clearly must have reshot it because. Oh yeah. Remember, like, you know, Saw says you're you're no longer rebelling. You know, you can't see the empire and. I think she has a response like if you don't look up, you don't even notice, and you know that was yeah yeah.
0: the way that that originally played out. Uh It was a bit of a Yoda and Luke scene where it's it's you're doing you're too angry. It was going to be the you're so angry. Are you really doing this for the right reasons?
1: Okay, fair enough, fair enough.
0: So and then. One last thought about this, which is there are there are some
1: who defend the empire in our discourse and often embrace the concept of the Tarkin Doctrine. There <laughs> there are conservatives who who argue that you know the empire is actually a source for stability and it's the rebels who are religious zealots trying to upend things. And I have to admit, like. That argument has a little more validity than I think anyone really wants to acknowledge who's not a conservative. But one of the elements of this is this notion of the Tarkin Doctrine, which is the idea that what Tarkin wants is to establish order by all you have to do is, like, demonstrate the power of the weapon, and then, you know, fear will keep the local systems in line, as it were. And we see that, actually, in this film, because at one point, you know, Tarkin doesn't always want he's he's not just hell bent on destruction he says at one point i want a statement not a manifesto meaning don't destroy the whole planet just destroy the the city which is again just there are layers of evil is all i'm i'm trying to say it's interesting anna dan is there a critique of capitalism in this film
0: dan i am capable of running my own diagnostics thank you very much (laughs) There is a critique of capitalism in this film. I don't know if it's intentional. (laughs) But get this, Dan. Let me lay this on you. The rebels, they are thwarted by planned obsolescence. (laughs) (laughs) Dongles. That is the the weapon of the empire. Dongles. (laughs) I love the idea of that. So imagine being a rebel forensic data analyst. (laughs) How many kinds of drives are you dragging around? How many different dongles? How many different kinds of data storage? Thumb drives, CDs, mini CDs, Mm -hmm. tapes. Mm -hmm. The amount of fuel you would use just (laughs) lugging around. Like this is costly. It's environmentally
1: unfriendly, frankly.
0: It's environmentally unfriendly. It's costly to the Rebel Alliance, Mm -hmm. right? It impedes their motions. Now, is this a problem for the Empire as well? Mm. Good question. Yes. I think it probably causes them some inconvenience, but that inconvenience is intentional, right? Like they've planned this. Mm. They want to make it difficult to to spread the data around, right, right? this is control of data. Much in the same way that Apple makes you keep buying different kinds of like inputs, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right? Yes. Although the better example is, and you can back me up on this, I think I'm recalling correctly that North Korean computers run a North Korean OS. Yes. Right? That means they're not compatible with anything else. That is
1: correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: And it's sort of, you know, policy via OS, right? Like, it's
1: code. It's code. Yeah. It, it, Larry, Larry Lessig <laughs> wrote this book, Code, making this point. That in right. in cyberspace, code is governance. So, yes.
0: Yes. And in nothing else, like I was saying, the empire is switching all this shit around Forces the rebels to spend precious time and cash at the Apple Store, or Empire Store.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not gonna lie, it. I'm still maybe. I can't escape the thought of the Imperial dongle. <laughs> I just love this idea, and like that's what the stores like. I have to think all the stormtroopers have a dongle somewhere. You know, it's just yeah, that's perfect. Well, the thing is,
0: yeah, and like for them, they know exactly how to like they've trained and like they know how to you know switch around through these different data storage systems and entry systems, mm-hmm. but. It's the rebels who have to keep guessing, yeah. right? I have to kind of like reverse engineer all these things. As I have alluded to, there is so much on the internet about this. There are people <laughs> who have just really taken seriously like the problems and issues with um, OS and data storage and all that stuff in, in the Star Wars, especially in this movie, <laughs> although it occurs in other movies as well. But this
1: one, as we said before, the prob- the reason this it matters so much in this one is that it is literally... What drives the final third yeah. of this film? Yeah. And again, it's like, and I want to say, by the way, I like, no, oh, go no. ahead, go, go.
0: I was gonna say it's an interesting twist on the heist, right? Yeah. Like, on in one level, I admire it, and I would like to. It'd be an interesting movie if the heist was you had to transmit the data, right? right? The heist isn't tra- isn't physical, yeah, yeah. But the things they have to posit in order to make that—that <laughs> that
1: was the problem. The problem <laughs> is, is there is a lot of and. By the way, great action. Like I mean this sincerely. The last oh, yeah. third of this film, the battle sequence on Scarif is legitimately thrilling. Particularly the space battle. Mm-hmm. I actually honestly think it's the best, you know, there's a lot of space battles in the Star Wars saga. I actually think this one is the one that that I enjoy the most. And I can f-
0: Apparently some of that is from reshoots, by the way.
1: Oh, really? That's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the point is is that like this film has good narrative momentum, and it does build in the last third. But the problem is, is that when you rewatch it, all you keep thinking is, "Wait, they have to do what? To do what? <laughs> they, what? They just like, huh? Like it? Yes." And so it's all about. It's, and, like they keep having to say, "It's the size of the data files. That's the real problem." Yeah, I know. I, they get and
0: they kept it like it's. It's all gifts. I'm telling you, <laughs> like <laughs> the Death Star, the Death Star schematics are all gifts. That's the only way to. <laughs>
1: I do love the idea that they finally download the files. Like we've got the download files. There's a cat GIF. Yes, we've got them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, again, there are other GIFs besides cat GIFs. What yes. I think you're thinking, and all this is also good. Yeah. That the Descartes schematics are all presented in meme. Form. Exactly.
1: Sorry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But when you say GIF, I think which meme, I also so
0: yes. which would also be hilarious yes. and unexpected to say the
1: least. <laughs> exactly.
0: Oh wait, Dan, what's that? Boom,
1: Oh my gosh,
0: it's pieces of the planetary shield. Oh my
1: god, I can't believe that. Oh my god, look at those two Star Destroyers. Whoa, yes.
0: We've entered the debris field. Where we talk about stuff we didn't get a chance to get to before, we have gotten to a lot. Mm -hmm. But surely there's a few things. Dan, what do you got?
1: (laughs) Just a few things. First of all, we haven't talked a lot about the acting in this film. Mm -mm. And... I want to highlight two things which I thought were important. Felicity Jones, who plays Jenner, so doesn't have a ton to do, weirdly, in this film. But I did, like, the thing that sold me watching it this time is that when she sees Galen, her father, the holograph, she really, like, breaks down into tears. And it was in a very affecting moment. Like, I actually thought that, like, that one acting moment sells her for the entire rest of the film. And also, by the way, the spectacular Mads Mikkelsen plays Galen or so, and like a
0: good guy. Oh my god, that was the first note I made. Yeah. watching this was like Mads Mikkelsen playing a non-bad. guy. But
1: he can be a good guy. He's just Mads Mikkelsen yeah. should be in every film. He's a well, fascinating. Well, he's amazing, actor. Yeah. but
0: like his yeah. look somehow translates into like Germanic. Yeah. Evil.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's he, he was a great Bond villain. <laughs> there, like he he yeah. was a good Marvel villain. Like there's there's a reason why like he, he you can do that. Yeah. But anyway, just wanted to say that. Also, we should bring up Ben Mendelsohn, who plays director Krennic. Men-
0: so good.
1: He's so good. And he has this, and I don't mean to minimize this, but he has this one weird villain trick that totally works, which is Krennic seems bored half the, of through half of this movie. Like, anything that represents a problem for him, he's just irritated. He's never like, you know, occasionally he gets angry, but mostly he's like, you just cost me time. It's, it, <laughs> it's incredibly effective as a villain because the one thing that if you're a rebel or a hero you want to have is at least have the villain acknowledge that you're important and krennic doesn't do that and i think it's an incredibly effective way of like making the audience dislike him and so again yeah. props to ben mendelson on that third i swear to god that imperial archive you know where they get the <laughs> things all i could think of was was like had they never seen galaxy quest because like <laughs> it made no sense
0: it was the Chompers. It was the, the Chompers. The equivalent of Chompers. Yes,
1: I kept the... Oh, there goes the Chompers. Yeah, okay. Like, it was just... Maybe it was... Like, maybe I wouldn't have noticed that if we had not done Galaxy Quest already for Space the Nation. But watching it this time, it was like, yeah, there's the Chompers. Yeah. And then, finally, as I said before, they were right to kill off all the main characters. And I'm glad that the Disney realized that because to the extent that the film has any weight, that actually is what gives it, you know, some weight. That they've accomplished their mission... But it was a suicide mission. And again, the thing that's amazing is that, like, right after I finished this, I just watched the crawl for A New Hope. Literally, it's like, that's the plot. Like, the first paragraph of that crawl describes this film to a T. It's amazing. Yeah. What do you got, Anna?
0: I kept waiting for Oscar Isaac to come on for some reason. (laughs) I think I just like Oscar Isaac, but, like,. I kept thinking like isn't he in the, isn't he in this movie? No, no he's not. No, um, he's, waste, he's wasted he's wasted
1: in other Star Wars films on. It. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes, I thought he was also wasted in this one, yeah. but no. And then besides Oscar Isaac, who should be in a lot more movies just in general, who should well, he could be in my living room. <laughs> I was thinking a lot about the fan service and I found a list, probably not even comprehensive, mm-hmm. of all the different moments of fan service in this movie. Okay. And I thought we just go go through some of them. Mm-hmm. I noticed some of them and I didn't notice others. Are you ready?
1: I am ready. Go for Start. it.
0: Blue milk in the first scene. I didn't even
1: notice blue milk in the first scene. Oh, that's
0: great. Okay. That's fair. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And of course, then Jimmy Smith's Bale Organa. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. This, they actually do a little make kind of easy. The scopes guy that, you know, like when the helmet rebel dude is in a watchtower. Yeah. And watches the ship go by. Mm-hmm. That's like. The exact same scene. Oh yeah, yeah, right?
1: yeah. In Yavin, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and there's then there's Tarkin. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Then there are the two canteen characters on in general. Yeah, I, which is just weird. I didn't like but, that at
1: all. Like it's like it's a big galaxy. You don't need to bump into everyone everywhere. You know, it's it. No, that didn't work for me.
0: And of course, because this is Star Wars, they have names,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and those names are Ponda Baba. Okay. <laughs> and Avanza. Yvonne-zan? Eva-zan? Okay. Eva-zan. Maybe they've...
1: I just want to be clear. You never hear those names in any of the films. No, so, no, yeah.
0: no, 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 yeah. no, no, of course not. But, like, there is one of the stranger things. But it's not strange. It's just... I mean, because Star Wars has become its own... Like, talk about before there was a cinematic universe. Right. And there was, like, the cinematic universe of Star Wars, and it's so detailed, and there's the books and the cartoons and everything. A lot of characters get names that were not given names at the point that they were invented. Fair enough. Yep. You know? And then uh, there's nine different planets in this movie, (laughs) which I noticed because at minute 20, they were on a new planet and I counted there had already been on five new planets by minute 20.
1: Well, that's something uh, that's also like a different thing about this film, which is they actually say where they are. Like when they show a planet, they actually you see the, the, the name of the planet, which they don't do in the normal Star Wars films.
0: This is somewhat intentional, by the way, um, to to sort of to really get across like the vastness of the empire. Right. So we see planets that have mentioned in other yeah. other movies, like Mustafar, right. which is the mortar, like molten planet. lava
1: planet. That that's yeah. the planet where we see Anakin become Vader because he gets injured.
0: Right, yeah. and there is a moment where the stormtroopers. Um, I actually enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. The stormtroopers are chit chatting yes. before they get killed. Yes. And they mentioned the discontinuation of the T-15s, which I, of course, assumed must be some kind of data storage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no.
0: You no, know, it is a reference to the T-15 hyperdrive generator, a piece of equipment mentioned in a video game tie-in. There's a lot of obscure Easter eggs here. And, of course, we see C-3PO and R2-D2. Correct. Right, Very briefly. That's not, that's not even Easter egg. That's just like, here, yeah, guys, yeah. here. Red and gold leader, yeah. of course, you said. And then, sort of the end of the movie, I guess you could count that almost entirely as fan service. Right. Now, that's a list from the internet. The internet is not always correct.
1: <gasps> Anna. Wow. So
0: are you thinking of anything else that we could add to that as far as fan service goes?
1: The only it, I don't know if this was fan service, but I, I mean they they clearly are making a conscious decision here. We were talking before about the rebels and the the empire. What's the difference? Having saw Guerrera constantly have to breathe in you know, like there's a Vader aspect to him, I think would be the way to put it.
0: At first I was like, is he really, is that ether? Is he getting high? But no, it's some kind of injury. It was clearly oxygen, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was the impression I got. But that's not, I'm trying to think if there was any other fan servicing. I think you see, correct me if I'm wrong, there is one moment where like they're in a canteen and you see like, the dancer that was in like, it's a holographic image, a holographic image. Of, oh yes, yes, yes. You're correct. The, the yes. Rebel dancer. Yes. In, like, Return I don't know if it's a
0: canteen, but it's, it's like, a, yeah, there's like people sitting around yeah. in a quasi social situation. Right. And yes, yes, yes. Also, aren't they playing that mon little miniature monster chess game?
1: It's possible. I don't remember that. But it's possible. I think yeah. so. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in the original Star Wars, the yeah.
0: miniature monster yes, chess yes, game. Yes. Everybody knows yes. it. Probably has a name. <laughs>
1: it's the one that Wookiees don't like well, to lose is the important thing.
0: That that is correct. Yeah. Don't yeah. Let let the Wookiee yes. win. It's a good piece of life. Advice. It really is. Yeah. So we're at the end, I think, of our discussion of this movie. We are probably at the beginning of our discussion of the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. And I I think we can't ignore yes, it.
1: Yes, we will call on our listeners, particularly those active in the Discord channel. What are the other Star Wars properties you want us to discuss? Because we're going to get to them at some point. But like, it's going to take a little while.
0: Yeah, it depends on how, <laughs> which happens first, the end of this podcast or the heat death of the universe. <laughs> Sometime in, in there, we're going to get to other Star Wars properties. I'm actually curious about some of the stuff I haven't gotten into before, like the books and the cartoons.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I will say that, and this has become obvious, is that as Star Wars has now gone into television, they've started to take a lot of the animated characters and give them yeah. real-life counterparts. So we saw that, in, we've seen that in The Mandalorian, we've seen that in The Book of Boba Fett, and I think we're going to see that in Kenobi, which is coming out very soon.
0: I know a lot of people liked The Mandalorian, and I just was not, I couldn't couldn't get into it. Isn't that weird? That is a
1: little weird, because like I, I, there were, The Mandalorian had a lot of good stuff in it.
0: You yeah. Know. Yeah. And then people seem to have hated
1: Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba yeah, Fett. Yeah, I was one of those well, at least on our To be board. clear, I was one of those people. I did not think it was uh Or let me put this way, I hated the first half of it. The second half of it weirdly has very little to do with Boba Fett. They just sort of it's the Mandalorian two point five, so it's it's strange.
0: We will keep talking about this property yes. because it's like Marvel. Yeah it is our universe (laughs) we live in the cinematic universe of marvel and star wars the force
1: is literally Uh, star wars is a force that surrounds all of us i mean we can't escape it that's right
0: binds us binds
1: us sometimes a little too tightly but yes (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) but until next time uh what should we do dan
1: keep this channel open